Hello everyone, and welcome to another episode of a Horrific Talk Spot. Happy Yo. Christmas, holidays, you, New Year, and all that good stuff. I think we're... F- Happy something. We're finally coming to the end. Because <laughs> you can't, can't, yeah, you can't say, you know, Christmas anymore or something, because that's offensive, I, I guess. I don't care what you call it, as long as you enjoy it. That's, especially <laughs> this year, for sake, you need to enjoy something. Calm down. Right. Calm down, people. <laughs> but yeah this shitty year is nearly over fucking oh man just hope yeah it's a it's definitely been a thing <laughs> it's for it's for yeah, damn sure you're hoping next year at least some light starts shining into the tunnel because oh god can't carry on like this much longer it's absolutely maddening Yeah, well, I, I can imagine it being quite crazy from a country that's actually, you know, doing something about the situation, you know, making the citizens be safe and careful. Yeah. Here it's just business as usual. You just got to throw on a face mask. Yeah, but it's not enough that we're doing stuff. We'll have to go and vent new strains. It's like, yeah, yay, I'll take your COVID-19 and raise it one. Yay. <laughs> right. Madness. Anyway, never mind that. Do you know what's really pissing me off at the moment? Streaming mm. services, honestly. Yeah, they're uh, they're getting on like my nerves. Licensing is uh, coming up. Uh, especially when this uh, segment kind of relies on us being able to go and watch movies without spending an absolute fucking fortune. Mm. Trying to find one or two streaming services that will get you what you want is a nightmare. Yeah, no, it's impossible. I actually cancelled my Amazon Prime again because it pissed me off. Um trying to find first of all trying to find one version of the movie then trying to find the original oh no don't put them together no go to another streaming service oh. to find the original and then go to one to find the remake and then go to one to find something else in the series fucking and then you still have the rent oh yeah so- oh yeah i mean the least nice thing with prime is there's ways to get around it like i i didn't want to spend three dollars to rent the movie that we're talk about later so instead i spent 99 cents to get a month of cbs unlimited whatever the fuck to stand on it so i mean there was that i saved a couple yeah, dollars noticed that, but <laughs> the thing is the offer but we can't get over here because a stupid uh region system mm-hmm. uh, yeah yeah that's uh that's definitely the thing with dealing with this podcast is trying to figure out how the fuck to coordinate it between two different yeah, regions we we're going to talk about a movie I can get it here, but you can't get it, and it's on the same service, and you're like... Oh, I can get it here. I just, I, I can get it physically, not uh, digitally, yeah, unfortunately. Yeah, but once again, we've already subscribed to these services, and it should be simple mm-hmm. and straightforward, and, oh man, it's just... Like, how much money? They want, like, a hundred bucks a month. Like, I don't sit and watch TV every day. I'm too busy doing mm-hmm. shit, like yourself. So... I don't know what they're expecting, but honestly, oh, I'm happy to pay for one or two services that I might watch the weekends, mm-hmm. and primarily for this show, for research, but this this needing yeah. six or seven different streaming services just to get a handful of like particular movies or TV shows. I've actually given up on TV shows at the moment, but, you know, it's just ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And then you start getting into all these. Uh, I flipped and started going down a rabbit hole. Actually, to get one of the movies, it was on some like random thing I'd never even heard of before. 
and then you end up having to sign up <laughs> for that and then you rent it and then I'm like is this I don't know this service is this going to uh, rape my bank account without me realising <laughs> just to watch a movie mm-hmm. it's like uh, I, I'm actually thinking just going back to the uh, physical media because honestly <laughs> it'd probably be oh, that's that's the way I prefer I'm okay with the inconvenience of standing up and putting something in my. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's so much actually, easier. I'm thinking more ban a box set. Uh, at least you have it, and you have something physical mm-hmm. to hold on to. Look at, and you're not paying mm-hmm. for a load of shit that you don't want. Uh, tacked on just to fill up these streaming services. When it started off good, it was a good idea, and now as usual competition and just stupid lawyers making deals in the background because that's what you know it's all about it's all about lawyers and writing these shitty contracts and or you can have this two in the series but then you have to pay us x number to get the next one and actually we're going to rent it to these mm-hmm. guys because we don't want to give you a monopoly and it's just you know it's just slimy boardroom shit going on in the background especially especially oh, yeah. movies from like the 70s and 80s um like at this point, you've more than made your money. I think calm down. Yeah, sure. And I think that's actually if you looked into it, the reason that there's re-releases and Blu-rays and uh, etc. and 4K now is to get around the public domain issue. So once something's over twenty-five years old, it becomes part of the public domain. So I think these re-releases actually reset the clock on that. That's that's my tinfoil hat theory for this month. I mean, that's pretty much it. I mean, of course, companies that are doing it just like out of the pure love of it, but I mean, that's pretty far and few between. Yeah, it's um, it's just uh, I never thought, uh, especially looking back into the past, I could understand brand new releases, but we aren't getting those, so. That's, that's part of the reason why mm. we're focusing. We're not just two old codgers looking back at the glory days. It's actually, it's what we've got at the moment. It's not as if we can sit and go to the cinema anymore. Uh, and it's actually yeah. become more complicated to buy old movies or rent them or watch them. Which most people, except us geeks, have forgotten about. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know, just find this funny. But anyway, that's that's me bitching for the minute any roads. What have we got in the show today? <laughs> Well, today, let's start with some horrific releases. Click. Button. Ah, uh, yeah. So, holy shit, this one. This, all right, I fucking speak the praises of Gremlins every year as being the best Christmas movie there is. This has taken its spot. Holy shit. Yeah, talk about, um... Like, I, my wife and I were laughing like idiots the entire fucking time. Even throughout, like, the rest of Christmas, all we would do is look at each other, do this shit, and bust up <laughs> laughing. Uh, we're talking about uh, the Creep Show holiday yeah, special. Yeah, and we thought we were going to. I thought we were going to struggle this month because there's absolutely nothing out there. And then 
lo and behold, uh-huh. thank you, Creepshow. Um, you saved our lives because this was going to be a really difficult mm-hmm. episode. <laughs> Honestly, we were scraping the barrel, uh, it's, especially after last month with so much to choose from. And then this this month mm-hmm. was like, shit, what's left? Um, there's this one that might be all right, or maybe this one, and there was nothing. And then, sure, lo and behold, we the day is saved. <laughs> so... <laughs> Yeah, obviously definitely. spoilers before we go ahead because fucking I don't do that. I'm not talking about the bits of the movie because what's <laughs> the point? If you don't know what, uh, if you haven't watched it, go away. Come back. <laughs> yeah, no shit. Yeah. Just pause this. It's like forty minutes. You got time. Go go watch yeah, it and come back. Probably talking shit about it. <laughs> Everything else, but <laughs> okay. So effectively, story is Weston uh, seems like typical average day dude. He becomes afflicted with a condition where he's having blackouts and it just starts with him coming down to the bottom of his church, knocking on the door like it's a gambling den. Uh, and it's just entitled SA. It's <laughs> so good. Even before so we begin, good. we just know it's going to be a piss take because uh, I forget his name, the other guys, but not about to let him in. And it's a whole, but, mm-hmm. but I went on the website, but, but I was speaking to blah, blah, blah. I was, Come on, come on, man. Yeah. <laughs> I brought cookies. <laughs> he just takes it. He's about to slam the door. We know eventually he's going to get that in, but just the whole play, you know that this is just going to be funny. It's it's not going to take itself too seriously. Oh, my. So, SA, Shapeshifters Anonymous. <laughs> yep, yep, that sets that's it all up. Here we have a little group of people, and I, I love these when they don't try to, you know, when they don't have too many characters. Not too many effects. It's one room, so you know it's going to rely 100% on the acting. So it's either going to be brilliant or it's going to be shit. Like, there's no way to go mm-hmm. with this. When you've got just a room and people and you know there's probably going to be flashbacks and stuff, um, that's it. It's, it's all relies on the character actors and they, they did not disappoint. Mm-hmm. No, not at all. It's so damn funny. But yeah, then he starts to tell the story to um I forget the name of that. I should have took her name down. I'm terrible um I'm terrible at acting yeah. actresses. Honestly I don't care. When I watch a show I immerse myself in their character and then I'll actually mm-hmm. not recognise that person if I see a picture of them on the red carpet or something. If that makes sense. Yeah. Like, I just see the character and oh, yeah. unless they're a really bland actor that um like that's why I don't like Hollywood because all the big names it's their movie. Um, earliest example of that had to be Sylvester Stallone when he ruined Judge Dredd because of his ego. Do you know what I mean? It, it's all about the star, yeah. and you don't actually see the character. I like to see. That's why I like these smaller budget and that because maybe because these guys have to try harder. They have to invest more mm-hmm. in the character, but uh, I think it's when they become uh, like too big for their boots, so to speak. It's when things get ruined. So. I forget actors' names left, right, and center. It's nothing personal. Sorry, guys, but I don't care about just. I just fucking yeah. forget names. Period. <laughs> I just don't care about just. I'm here to see your art. If it's good, I'll enjoy it. Um, don't care who you are as a person unless you annoy me, and call me names for whatever mm. reason. Then I don't like you anymore. But <laughs> apart from that, it's all good. So they all start telling their stories. Um, what what we we'll have with a cheetah. With a Tortoise, yeah, 
<laughs> a wild boar. Fuck yeah. And a boar. <laughs> and a furry. <laughs> Actually, I was reading an article that uh, they got some shit for doing. It's like, you're being racist. It's like, no. It's just, what's, she's just another character and playing a comedy role. What the hell? Yeah, what the fuck? All it is is being inclusive. She's a fucking hero in the end. So how is that fucking wrong? I don't wrong? know. You just can't talk to these lunatics. Honestly, they're just, they're out of their pitchforks yeah. and burning torches looking for any excuse, mm-hmm. any deviance from the fucking holy book of woke. They just, they, they gotta yeah, be offended. Like, Calm the fuck down. This was funny. Was there any character you mm-hmm. did not like? There you no. go. No, I, I loved everybody in this. Like, did, did you actually end up hating anybody? You know, that's how, you, if you're enjoying an episode and you like each <laughs> character, because that's why we have stereotypes. That's why we have comedy. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That, that, that's why we have, mm-hmm. like, fun and jazz, because there's an element of truth. And it's just mm-hmm. having fun, and you're not going, haha, you're a dick. You know, you're actually laughing. It's more British humor than American, I think. Of we like to laugh at the shortcomings and celebrate them within ourselves. Mm-hmm. So that that type of humor maybe doesn't translate well across the pond. That's why people get upset. But that's that's the whole point. Not everyone's a big listening hero. Mm-hmm. It's bunch of ordinary people all scrapes which these groups all are you know what i mean you don't go to these mm-hmm. groups if everything's all fine and dandy in your life you're going because you need something yeah but yeah it starts uh starts going through and then uh weston uh, he's basically the main character in this um he's mm-hmm. going through his episodes <laughs> and the scene in the mm-hmm. doctor's office Oh my! God. Oh man, that show is so damn funny. <laughs> Nothing like getting some random change and zippers pulled out of your ass. And show so nonchalant about it too. Acts a little uncomfortable, and the doctor's like, "Ah, oh, whatever." And he's just having a conversation. It's like a button coat, a zipper, and what seventy-five cents in change or something. Just that sounds like that. Just says it in front of him, going, uh, "Yeah, you might, you might want some sleeping pills and see a psychiatrist." <laughs> There's nothing more I can do. Yeah. <laughs> if you're blacking out and that's what you're passing, yeah, that was. Just uh, you know, lock up all the shiny things <laughs> that look delicious. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I made a comment like that, wasn't it? Just, just be careful if you see anything delicious or something. It's like, ah, <laughs> mm. uh, brilliant. But you just know this is going to be. You wonder how it was going to turn out. You know, I I did not expect the the way the movie twisted, but <laughs> no, that came out of fucking nowhere when the book of Bob comes out. <laughs> yeah, but when uh, <laughs> they start trying to find out why he became a shapeshifter, and it's like, were you cursed by a gypsy? Well, there was this one old woman, <laughs> <laughs> just some random old lady cursing him. Yourself. And they're like, yay, let's go find her and get her to take it off. Um, I had her. <laughs> yep. And her dog. Well. God, what is it with movies, Eddie, and freaking picking in animals? Well, I mean, at least the nice thing is it didn't show it. Like, that's the shit that I fucking hate is when yeah. they show it. Unless it's, you know, necessary for the story. Yeah, they could talk. Which that wasn't. It was, they were just being funny about it. Like, all you see is the yeah. collar, so. That was okay. It just seems to be a... a 
I don't know, maybe we're just watching this for certain train of movies that all feature shit happening to the animals, which <laughs> we both hate. So it's like fucking mm. punishing ourselves for no reason. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, man, like you said, the. Uh, Oh, now we're ready to start the meeting. That was the whole thing. He gives his whole backstory when <laughs> people are talking. And now we're ready to start the meeting. It's like, what? What? It's not started yet? Yeah. And then we'll have Frank, who you just know he's going to be the main character. The dude that's just sitting there not speaking. You, you just know we're waiting for his mm-hmm. Like, it's all, it's all set up. There's nothing yeah. surprising about the characters in this, uh, this group of people, which also worked i don't know it's kind of fun because they're mm-hmm. not trying to be too clever because i hate it when they try to be too clever and then they box themselves into a corner mm-hmm. but yeah you, you know we were just waiting for frank's woman as well and then they start talking about the folklore <laughs> that shit that was the best like the whole santa claus shit <laughs> like santa's an angel and they're for they're there to fight you know satan and shit or whatever god that was so funny <laughs> Just came out of the world. you're like what <laughs> like uh i thought it was going to be maybe uh a problem solving trying to get him to uh you know find out what he was or lift the curse but i was not expecting to go this direction <laughs> and i'm just like Holy yeah, no. And then also modern age, he's recruited every Santa Mall uh, Santa. They're all part of his army. Mm-hmm. And then we got a we got a yeah, glimpse as well when he was walking towards the SA meeting, wasn't he? One of the Santas like, mm-hmm. You're evil, blah, 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 you know. And mm-hmm. yeah. Also, uh Weston isn't just a shapeshifter, but he's also um a serial killer, <laughs> you know, he's actually on the news. So his alter ego his lycanthropic uh, uh, character is actually all over the media, so it's not even as if he's just quietly, accidentally eating people's pets or thing. He's actually mm-hmm. on the news. He's a hunted man, and he's well. And that's his whole purpose of going to the SA um, meetings was <clears throat> because he figured that was him that was on the news, and he wanted to try to get his shit under control. Yeah, he figured out it was him. It was uh, really funny. And then, uh, then it just goes nuts. <laughs> there's, there's no other, there's no other mm-hmm. way to describe. Like it goes um, halfway into the episode where it's just all set up and building, and then to go through the lore, and then almost as soon as it got it done, they're getting attacked. <laughs> yeah. And then it was non stop. It was just the other half of 20 minutes, just complete nuts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they have, in this SA meeting, they have a, the secret gun cabinet. And it's like battle stations. Like it just, it just flipped. Like this came out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. It, it just flips. They go to battle stations and then they're getting attacked by an angry army of Santas. Like yeah, many corpses so funny. are in this follow-up scene, <laughs> and then uh, this is when finally we get we get the Frank just we were just waiting for his moment anyway. So it mm-hmm. turns out he is uh, basically the the father of all lycanthropes. He was the original angel. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, gives them all a potion. <laughs> this will help you. You can, can change it well now. And it doesn't control you anymore. Well, the best part with that is he gives it to um, the furry. And then she's like, oh, damn, it didn't do anything. And it's like, well, no shit. You're a fucking furry. You're not a, 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 an anthropthrope, whatever yeah, the fuck they were calling uh, it. Well, no, no, no. It was, was a different it? word because lichen specifically oh, yeah, well, is Oh, Weston werewolf, was the lycanthrope. Whereas they're oh, all sorry, different. that was the lore. Yeah, yeah. He was the, yeah, the, that was part of the Book of Bob. Mm-hmm. Uh, that the, the lycanthrope would save them all. Yeah, sorry, my apologies. But yeah, anthropthropes mm-hmm. or something to come up with. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that was, she just goes spas after that. Just yeah, that she was pretty funny. Anger and then the rest of them put together, brilliant. But yeah, just Carnage and Series, uh, Frank. Then he he kind of hangs back until Santa appears. Like <laughs> he gets Santa Claus in this movie as well. Oh my god! And this is the best rendition of Santa. Ever. I love the claws, like steel pincher type claws, you know, just, mm-hmm. this is killing Santa, this isn't uh, cookies and milk Santa. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Well, and it, it's funny too, because, you know, he, he was a creation from God, essentially, like his, his armor was from God, so he could defeat the lycanthrope, and then that doesn't work, so he had to make a deal with Satan for the claws, and it's just like, ah. There you go. There, there's the name. That shit was so fucking yeah. funny. I'm surprised they didn't manage to wrangle reindeers under this. I think this just needed a few killer reindeers just to really amp it up the 11. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Although it was pretty amped anyway, but I think of the... Yeah, it was, it was pretty good. I think of the reindeers had a crash through and had laser beams or something. That would have just been... <laughs> that's, that's all oh, this yeah. episode needed. Just to make it completely mental. <laughs> mm. And then obviously we get the we get the final battle scene and of course swish swish. Uh all the good stuff, you know it's gonna happen. Mm-hmm. But uh how did it end? It was a... Uh, yeah, Weston and uh I got uh, decapitated. <laughs> it wasn't uh wasn't Frank that did it though, it was uh it was a furry, didn't she do it? Yeah, she's mm-hmm. one of the captain. She came up behind and just lobs yeah. his head off. Yep, and then at that point, uh, Frank gives everybody their... He's like, hey, guess what? Now you guys have full control of your powers, and you can be fully cognitive while you're you know, switched over. So then, of course, the furry, you know, she wants to be a hippo so fucking bad, and then she ends up getting some... I don't know, I'm assuming that's somebody famous as her wish I, I don't I didn't get the no, joke that's with that probably just, you have to know the actors or something uh, or be part of popular cult- culture yeah that's mm-hmm. that's a problem uh, like I said don't do celebrities so <laughs> just uh, goes mm-hmm. right over the head but yeah um, yeah this could have been a real struggle this month but that, that was absolutely brilliant but, uh, this this new iteration mm-hmm. of Creepshow um, on Shudder is just fantastic I haven't been disappointed mm-hmm. yet, you know. I only meant to watch one or two episodes and then just binge watch the entire thing over like two days. When uh <laughs> when I first flicked it on, I'm like, oh, what's the next one? Oh, one more, mm-hmm. one more, and my eyes are like, 
up in stalks, just <laughs> I have to sleep. No, what's next? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's I'm pretty happy with how it's turning yeah, out. So if I keep along that CMV and don't take themselves too seriously, and don't listen to the online mob. Don't don't fucking yeah. listen to these morons because honestly, you're doing exactly what you can, and everyone's included, and it's all about a good fun, and nobody's like coming away from these things going, oh, I really hate those people. That was fucking just good fun, mm-hmm. which horror is meant to be. You know what I mean? It's nobody cares as long as you're getting sliced and diced and chopped up into bits. That's that's what we all love. It's just good, clean, wholesome fun. <laughs> yeah, we were meant to have a guest, but unfortunately, technology is not our friend. So we were going to talk about. Um... Yeah, we almost didn't have a me today because of technology. Yeah, I was. There was a storm <laughs> so here shit last happens. night. In fact, there's loads of trees all, uh, like all over the pavement and in the park and stuff. Heard it last night. I'm like, oh, oh shit. shit, we see power lines are going to go down or something. Just and then because it'd be in the holidays, like there'd be nobody out to fix it. But lucky enough, mm-hmm. it was, I was a bit wobbly this morning. But um, yeah, we got here the other day, so that's that's the main thing. That shit. I my computer had a the lovely DOS screen when I turned it on this morning. I'm like, oh, oh great, that's not that's <laughs> almost that's didn't have me. But since we do have both of us, let's go ahead and get into horrific Shades remakes. I could use the old one. I've, I've actually went and updated and changed. You probably may have noticed uh, all the graphics because I've been. I started off with three years together and now I'm starting a net pick and it's pissing me off. And that's that's the old one. I'm like, I changed the other two, I think. Oops. And I'm like, oh! <laughs> oh, that's getting dark in here. But uh, yeah, we thought we'd have a look at the ring slash ringu. Uh, yeah, didn't get a chance to watch Ringu because yeah, that's I never have enough time to watch everything I want to watch. But holy shit, I forgot how much I didn't hate this movie. <laughs> like when everything in the early two thousands had to be, you know, a remake or a remake of the Japanese version, or just some dumb re, just any sort of remake. Like this one was not that bad. No, I have to admit, I I did enjoy it. Um... It didn't try to do anything clever, reinvent the wheel, or we made a couple of slight changes. Mm-hmm. But generally, it's actually a watchable movie on its own, without mm-hmm. without being even not knowing it was a remake. It just made a very good standalone movie. Mm-hmm. Well, the nice thing too about uh, this movie is, like, as I was watching it last night, I remember watching. Um, like the behind the scenes stuff that I watched, like when it first came out, um, like there's a lot of stuff in this movie that people take for granted, like, cause the majority of the effects were practical, um, even down to, you know, shooting the mirror. Like that was a big deal back then because holy shit, you're shooting a practical mirror with a camera and it's not picking up the camera. Like I, that was, that was a fun little bit of 
watching the movie last night was remembering those you know behind the scenes specials yeah because there's still magic in movies unfortunately now it's just three three letters describe everything cgi mm-hmm. that's it and there's no magic anymore no, mm-hmm. and yeah it was it's good to go back and see that there's actually effort and imagination and the when somebody when a director wants to portray a scene they don't just go to the computer lab it's like okay how do we make this work and reliable mm-hmm. and when you don't see it or can't tell how it works it's like any stage magician show you know it's a trick but when you can't see mm-hmm. it that's that's half the fun but uh essentially the story for everybody who hasn't seen it is it's based on an urban legend um both stories are essentially the same anyway so i'm talking about ringu first um just mm. what i think the kind of differences were the start of ringu i thought was more brutal than the ring just because the, the, the effects were a bit dated but not that much because i think there's only like a few years difference between these movies so mm-hmm. it's not like ringu was made in like the 70s or something it was like uh, late 80s i think it was 89 or was it later Oh, fuck! I, I don't remember. Like it's a, re- it's a. Listen, I didn't. I didn't get a chance yeah, to watch it, so I, I'm, I'm not gonna be able to bring too much to the table. If I had to bring all the facts to the table, there'd be like twenty pages of document here, and I'd just be sitting staring at a screen reading of everything. And I'm trying to keep this yeah. light because nobody wants that. You can go on Wikipedia and look it up if you want that kind of shit, you know. <laughs> but it was a recent movie, so there wasn't too much difference between them. But the mm-hmm. Ringu, the effects were slightly dated, but still, the makeup effects are outstanding in the original. So at the start, when the two girls, pretty much the same as the ring, uh, are talking about the legend, and then, which we find out later, she sets her friend up to watch it to get the curse lifted. But when she gets caught, and you see her in the cupboard, you know, the closet and the makeup and the, the first one was actually more terrifying than the remake. But the story's a lot slower in the original. So I thought that in the ring... Now, the same director had input into both movies, which was cool. So that was a good thing. The uh, Japanese director, he had input into the remake as well. So it wasn't as if he was just shut out. So he actually... I think in the second one, he looked at the first and made some slight improvements. Because in Ringu, the pacing at the start is very slow. So it takes a while for them to get there, you know, with the investigation and uh, the busy these deaths and the urban legend and then trying to find out the difference, or sorry, this origin story of Sadako. Sadako's in the original and then it's Samara in the remake. But it's essentially the same story, you know. It's... No, sorry, wrong. In the original, Sadako does have psychic abilities but her mother was the one that was actually being tested and experimented on. Where in the remake, it's actually Samara is the one in the lab and being, you know, uh, made to go through all the different tests. So that was mm-hmm. a slight difference. So in the first uh, movie, Sadako is angry because she's watching what is being done to her mother and that made her angry. Mm-hmm. And that's when she lashes out and then her uh, father spurts her away. 
they went in the war as well. I think because of well, uh, Japanese culture and the time. Because I think the originals was like nineteen fifties. I thought when they talked about the eruption, they were going to talk about Hiroshima and Nagasaki, you know, the atomic bombs. But mm-hmm. we weren't uh, doing the the original movie talks about the eruption, but it was actually the eruption of a volcano. So it's the premise of the story is that basically uh, Sadako's mother essentially suffers from Cassandra syndrome. She can see events happening into the future, but nobody believes her. So the fishermen hate her, they don't like her, they're disturbed by her because of they think she brings bad fortune to them in the ocean when she tries to warn them. And then that's where essentially she's trying to they're trying to prove that she has these abilities, so she does these demonstrations in front of uh, news cameras. And then the news just goes crazy at her, and that's what sets uh, Sadako off. And then, what happened to her mother? Her mother... I think her mother killed herself. Because of it, yeah. Yeah, like I said, it's yeah. been a very long time since I've watched uh, Ring It's hard when you're trying to watch a couple of uh, back-to-back movies, you're like, <laughs> trying to take it all in. But mm-hmm. yeah, um, so the whole scandal and why things happened was her father was a university professor, but he was a married man with two kids. And he actually had an affair with uh, Sadako's mother. So she's essentially the illegitimate child of uh, the doctor mm-hmm. and her mother. And what happens is he spurts her away. And another main difference in the original movie, which I thought the remake did a better job, but in the original movie, it's actually her father kills her. And he mm-hmm. basically, she's standing by the well, he bops her in the back of her head the head and then drops her in the well and it's not that obvious it's just because we know what the story is but it's not that obvious why it was called the ring in the first one because for half a second the the thing the lid's closing over but you don't see the the outline of the ring it's not as clear in the original movie so that's something that the they actually made clear in the the remake Yeah, yeah, definitely so, a lot uh, more apparent. The remake isn't uh it isn't reinventing the wheel, it just made a few slight tweaks to I think just change the pacing of the story and get there. The original took a long time getting to that point where we find out Sadako's story mm-hmm. and then the fact that she's buried in the well and then we go and find her. I thought that uh in the original it did a better job at the well scene. The, the effects in the way her body was uh, was a lot better than I thought that the remake was a bit very furry the way they did it the floating body to the surface is just uh, wasn't as good so I think I think the first one wins well and then the, the CG reveal of the skeleton that was that yeah, was a little dated but the first one was practical effects and they didn't have her shown as a little girl they just had her shown as a skeleton and she still hugs her anyway um, mm-hmm both actresses were pretty good. The, uh, I didn't uh, think any any of the two of them took away or were better than the other. I think both of them played the roles very well in terms of their culture and the character, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Another major difference is in the original, they had the ex-husband. He was the one with psychic abilities. 
So it was the the ex-husband could, he could see the dead, he could almost sense them and know what was going on. Where mm-hmm. in the remake, the son was the one with the abilities. And the ex-husband was just the, yeah. the, basically the video uh, engineer. Or was it audio sound engineer? Mm-hmm. Was it video? No, was he, was, he was a, a, a visual uh, tech, yeah. That's, that was a good thing. We were talking about this last time with um, dubbing and sound effects. You can see in this movie how bloody difficult it is using magnetic tape to try and, before the ad find anything digital, investigations and trying to isolate sound and noises and like stop and start. You could just see how difficult it all was. I mean, they give you a very, very good mm-hmm. uh, insight into all this. So, for anyone maybe a bit younger that's watching this, um, look at the ring and look how movies and films are made. Look at the technology and how difficult it was, and then maybe you can understand why we think that a lot of new movies are just lazy now. Because you have the ability to do so much more, even in this thing, like, Living computer sitting on your desk, you can almost bring out the same, if not better, quality than TV shows made in the eighties and nineties, mm-hmm. just from your like living room. Yeah. So I think with that, that's why the bar is so high. I mean, uh, Hollywood don't deliver, or it looks thrown together and lazy when they've got entire production teams uh, to do these things. It's, it's kind of why people get a bit annoyed. And then they're ex- you're expected to nod and smile and like these movies, and uh, when you don't, they get annoyed, they get angry with you. You're like, really? Look, look at what they did even back as far as the two thousands, you know, or as recent as it, with the technology and what mm. they were able to put together. It's amazing though that for a remake, The Ring has managed to produce like the most one of the most iconic scenes in horror. I think you know what I'm talking about. That the yeah, of course, yeah, her coming like, out of the TV, which has been like ripped off in so many different ways yeah, since. Like they did it in the first one, but it didn't have the same impact. So that's that's why I'm glad actually the original director mm-hmm. had input into this one. He's he knew what he wanted to achieve. He didn't have the technology because I think it's like ten years out. Of, there's like ten years difference between the movies. And being given the new technology, he has managed to create one of the most well-known, even if you've never seen this movie, you know that scene. And mm-hmm. it's been done on prank shows. Um, well, you know that Just for Last thing with the had the TV store, I think that's the most famous one. And the Haber Crawling Idol TV in the department store. They've done that loads of times. Mm-hmm. Um They've had her coming out of lifts, mirrors, you know. This actually had an impact. And for a remake, that mm-hmm. kind of tells you how good it is. That yeah. there's actual effort and a genuine want just to tell a good story. So, are we getting lost? Oh, All right, uh, yep, I'm back. I think we're <laughs> suffering from technology again, the, the old connection. Yeah. Yay, technology. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, I think there was genuine love to want to make this movie. Now, I haven't seen the sequels, and I don't really want to, because... Wait, so you haven't seen the last one that came out? One that was uh, last year? No, no, no. Like, there's uh, one that just barely came out uh, with the the actor from uh, Mandy and... uh, Fuck else was she in? I remember, but like it, it just barely came out like last year. Yeah, that shit was know, fucking great. The original story, you can't see, I can't see where it's going to go. You know what I mean? Because, yeah, mm-hmm. look at, they've already discovered her body, so she's been interned, you know what I mean? She's uh, been dealt with, the crime's been solved. No, but, well, that's that's where the remake works because at the end, the son's freaking the fuck out. He's like, what do you mean you got her out? She was supposed to stay there. And, you know, that's like the last couple minutes of the movie is them explaining she's never going away. You've only made it worse by removing her body. And that's how the story can progress uh, and how it can keep going. I don't know. I just, uh, I'm worried of, uh, like, sequels. Of her. Like, don't forget, this is back, back in the 2000s and where everything's getting milk dry so I kind of thought they would maybe shot their load a bit and then they were going to just milk it to death so that's why I've been reticent to actually watch the sequels well the new one I, I definitely recommend it because um, it's it's almost a well I mean it's a sequel of course but it's almost a sequel to both like it kind of works in both realms because um, it actually starts off with um the original Ringu. So it's, I think it's worth checking out. I really thoroughly enjoyed it. Okay. No, it sounds cool. Um, didn't it do one where it's, and it's nice too, because it's more of a, uh, the, like the, the re the sequel, it's more of a, um, a journey into how far a mother will go to protect her type of thing. And it's, I thought yeah, it was um, I actually preferred the ending to, the remake than the original because the original she's just uh, VCR in her passenger seat and she's driving out the meter son so there was no payoff or explanation on Ringu where mm. in the in the remake she's actually getting them taking them through the process of copying it and then the son obviously gets mm-hmm. a re- revelation but yeah, like I said, both both have their merits. It wasn't like the first one was a really terrible movie and needed to be remade, if that makes sense. And it's not like the remake's a, mm-hmm. a, a cash grab, you know, just on nostalgia because Ringu was pretty... Well, Japanese horror was pretty well unknown at that point. It's become more popular now. Mm-hmm. But it was only like weirdos like us that watch foreign movies that would would have picked up some of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Chinese don't do horror very well. I think they rely too much on wire work. I've seen mm-hmm. a couple of Chinese attempts at horror movies and they don't sit well. The Yeah, I'm trying to think of any that I've enjoyed. Because I, I love J&K horror. Um, like, especially Korean. Like, Korean devs, they do it great. Yeah, God, I'm trying to remember some of the stuff, yeah. Uh, but no, uh, Chinese try to jump on that. Uh, 
things, especially Hong Kong cinema, because that's that's massive over Far East. But they're mm-hmm. too uh, too emotionally attached to wire work, and that's where they kind of ruin it. So they still use a lot of like uh, Crouch Tiger, Hidden Dragon type style, you know, wire work. So the takes away from mm-hmm. being a horror movie. It just becomes another like busy kung fu movie. That's no, you say that like it's a bad thing. I'm, I'm a massive fan. I, <laughs> I fucking love kung fu. I grew up with Bruce Lee and Jackie Chan and Sammo Hung. The, mm-hmm. They were my heroes. Um, but Hell yeah. when you're trying to do a different genre, you need to step away from what you do. If that makes sense. So it didn't become a good kung fu movie. It just became, you know. Some weird. The, the, I watched about three or four Chinese attempts at horror, and I can't even remember the names. They were just, they just did not land well. Um, I think if China wants to get involved, they need to like just reinvent the wheel, just step back, and just start from scratch. Yeah, mm. all in all, it was a good experience. I have to say, did enjoy it. Yeah, I have to. Yeah, I, I I was glad I watched it. It's it's been a very long time since I have, and it reminded me how not yeah. sucky that movie was. It's easy to forget when you've uh, seen something from years ago, and you're like, uh, "Was it that good, or is it nostalgia, or has pop culture taken over?" Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it was definitely one where it's like I I remember liking it a lot, but it's like that was also before I really started getting into Asian horror, so. Was it really as good as I thought it was? But it was. It was fun. Excellent. Right. Which? Yeah. All right. So let's uh, go ahead and finish up with some horrific vault. We'll have to have us. Yep. So this first one, this one is around because we, uh, because of licensing yeah. and regions, we're supposed to talk about the abominable snowman because that's that's relevant to this season. But I couldn't watch it, so instead we're going to talk about something that has nothing to do with the season. Indeed. Twins oh of God. Evil. This is and this is uh, <laughs> why I went them around. Try to find that movie on a streaming service. Uh was virtually impossible. It's like, uh, Prime's like, nope, not in your region. Uh, Netflix is like, no, nah, we don't do anything fun. Um, Shutter's like, uh, uh, YouTube didn't have it, which is weird. It, no, it did have it, but it doesn't have it in my region. And we're still, it keeps still popping up EU, mm. so I'm hoping 1st of January this will all change. And if we don't get a shitty trade deal and actually get this sorted out. That'd be cool. So I went to some weird ra- random website. Finally got it. Um, rented it. And oh my god, this is classic Hammer Horror. Oh yeah, it's it's everything oh, we yes. love about Hammer. <laughs> you got your Peter Cushing. You got your cheesy 3M blood. It's just so perfect. Gen- genuine twins and twins <laughs> absolutely gorgeous and buxom blondes mm-hmm. and brunettes and 
uh, ladies uh, just galore. It's just beautiful. So for those mm-hmm. of you who haven't seen it, basically uh, it's set in Switzerland. Or Vienna, yeah. Was, yeah, that Vienna, sounds about right. Yeah. So essentially, um, these uh, two young wards, uh, Frida and Madeline, sorry, Madeline's the character's name, uh, Frida and her sister are essentially going to live with their uncle because mm-hmm. their parents have passed. And of course, her uncle, Peter Cushing, Gustav is a religious fanatic, a Puritan leader of the Brotherhood. Who, the opening scenes are basically going to a ra- random uh, cottage in the woods and just finding the nearest defenseless lady, accuse her of witchcraft, burn her alive, because why not? Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly, that's what you do. Like, Apparently not in this day and yeah, age, because then the cops show they, up. They essentially were the cops. That, that's a scary thing. There was the rule of religion, the rule of law. You know what I mean? Mm. Europe was not a nice place. Mm. Up until the 20th century. Even then, it still wasn't great. But, um, yeah, the opening scene is the, the barge into this cottage. She's wearing a cross. Gustav rips it from her, saying it's not the real thing. Like, if you're a witch, you're not meant to be able to wear uh, any sort of Christian ideology, uh, idolatry. It's meant to burn you and stuff, and yet she's wearing it, quite happy, but still not enough. They just needed a victim for the night. Take her, and that's how it starts. She's getting burnt alive for absolutely no reason. I mean, she was a female. I very much stare. She... It's a pretty good reason. Yeah, um, what I'm getting... This isn't the story of good and evil. This is a story of power. This is the story of those with power and those without. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That's, that's the whole theme being told. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, in different forms of power, too. So, the the movie isn't trying to apologize or normalize anything. It's actually very intuitive, the way it's telling the story. Mm-hmm. So, the twins arrive, and then they meet their uncle, and then because they're not wearing black, they're instantly marked as sinners, you know, because they moved from basically the city and the provincial town where things are backward and different. So they're even trying to say that the modern the modern world is encroaching on these people's beliefs and uh, there's going to be conflict. Uh, mm. The way the sisters play off each other is brilliant. You know what I mean? They're just two completely different characters. Freda's the, the feisty one. Oh, yeah. You know exactly she's the one that's going to so come and get into bother. And mm-hmm. then what we'll, what we'll have, so got to meet the uncle and uh, he's already written them off as horrible harlots for daring to not wear black anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the opening scene. And then to go to find another young lady to burn. Like how many young ladies are in the spur going in these villages? Like they're not highly populated places. <laughs> Quite a few, they're, apparently. Because he even got some up at the yeah, castle. Yeah, there's no shortage of them. They're, they're from, pulled from everywhere. <laughs> but yeah, the try. this is where we first meet uh, Count Karstein because he goes to burst into this cottage because a woman dares to live alone. 
like his henchman, the little sniveling. Oh, I saw this one, and she doesn't want to get married, so let's go burn her. As in, probably refuses advances. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So this is where we start to see the interchange of power and those with and without because they go to burst in the cottage. Count Karstein's are uh, having a bit of dalliance with the young lady in the cottage, and then the brotherhood basically shit themselves. Just oh, we can't do anything. Mm-hmm. Because the emperor will execute us, and then he doesn't even have any guards. Yeah. So how would they know? Do you know what I mean? It's no, he's, he's got a guard because oh. his yeah, his, uh, his bodyguard shows up. He's got a whole retinue. It, he's a big motherfucker, though. <laughs> nah, I'm not gonna fuck with him. If I got yeah, a gun or something, I'm gonna shoot him. But it's just fisticuffs. Fuck that. He'd probably just go bop yeah, and I'd be great. dead. But still, it wasn't as if he had an open retinue, you know, of, like, guards, so they technically could have dispatched them. So this is what I'm trying to talk about, the display of power. Karstein has that much power that he doesn't need, like, an honor guard or, like, soldiers with him. He can just dally down from the castle Mm -hmm. with his bodyguard and have his way. And this whole gang, like, there are about 15 of them, of the Brotherhood, with their uh, pitchforks, so... Yeah, something like that. That's what I'm talking about. This is the interchange of power. So all of a sudden, Karstein's a powerful one, and the Brotherhood aren't. And effectively, mm-hmm. uh, even offers the girl, yeah, go ahead, take her, I don't care. You know, and just openly contemptuous of them. And effectively, mm-hmm. Gustav and his cronies are sent with their tail between their legs. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> At least they still got yeah, somebody to go burn. find some, like, some... Poor girl, like, walking uh, for no reason, just gathering flowers, which was the thing back then, because there wasn't much else to do. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no shortage of these, like, ladies to be sacrificed. It's crazy. And nobody misses them. Mm-hmm. Like, nobody's like, hold on, that they was don't. my daughter. What the hell? You know? Uh, they just naturally assume that it has oh, something okay. to do with Jesus. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That would be my guess. It's like, of course she's yeah, missing, because God. Went into the woods, so therefore shapeshifter got her or something, or whatever folklore of the day, you know. It's... Yeah, it was just funny that mm-hmm. the way they're able to just wantonly carry on, like, because they're doing it in their local area, so it's the same village. These places are very uh, mm-hmm. inbred and they're mixed, so they all know each other. So it's not as if they're strangers. That's, that's what I just found quite uh, hilarious about it all. Let's see. Then we get the the fun reveal of uh, Count Karstein, or Karnstein being a vampire. That yeah. was that was a lot of fun. Uh, forget which one was uh, it that Frida. snuck out of the house. Yeah, Frida's. The... Yeah, it was Frida. There we go. Because she's just like, oh hey, look, there's a light on over that place. I'm gonna walk way the fuck over there in the middle of the night. Because <laughs> the bodyguard just grabs her. <laughs> like, she's obviously heading that direction, so he could have just like ushered her towards mm-hmm. the carriage. That would have that would have actually been mm-hmm. more seductive. In my sense, uh, in my mm-hmm. opinion, rather than just picking her up and bundling her into the carriage. But it was funny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's. Yeah. So. Yeah, whatever. Gets her up to the castle. Turns out he's uh, he's trying to conjure internal life or 
conjures Satan and oh God, it just reminded me of have you watched The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina? Uh, I've watched like the first episode that or two. Yeah, that's <laughs> it, it is pretty funny. It's exactly what you would imagine a Christian thinks yeah. a Satan worship <laughs> no, is. It was just <laughs> utter cringe. Um, yeah, but everything is for Satan. I do it for I, Satan. I'll I'll carry evil because there's no logic behind it. <laughs> yeah. 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 Oh god. Oh the so Edison, it's great. Back in the day. <laughs> but uh <laughs> it was weird. The weird bit is, um tries to do the tries to do the sacrifice, he's bored with the like rent the what's this? Rent the fucking uh ritualists or something? Like, I, that, that would be my guess. Out, right? Right, I, need, I need some <laughs> who just goes around ritual and actors to perform satanic. Like, you just where do you find these people? They're not even like I would imagine if they're an actual satanic cult, <laughs> they would all be close brothers. It would be secretive, but it's like he's just. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it wouldn't just be like, oh hey, let's have them come yeah, over because like maybe this one will work. In the newspaper for uh, <laughs> occultists, it was just very. Very strange and funny, but <laughs> they all bugger off because he's he's not happy with them. He decides to stab her anyway because why not? The plot has to move forward. Mm-hmm. But his and this is a bit where I get confused, or I think it goes a bit weird and pointless. The blood from the sacrifice wakes up Countess Marcella, and she's actually an amazing character that appears for five minutes. <laughs> Like she, she comes back from the grave to appear. Um, he's like, she's like a great aunt or something, uh, with a message from Satan saying that he can mm-hmm. be immortal, a vampire. Fair enough. And then she just vanishes. Like, well, yeah, if she stuck around, she died. I, I just can't kill I just her off that easily. A waste of character. She could have been in the castle with him mm-hmm. and. The both, you know, I mean, there could have been so much interplay going on there that I just thought she was a bit of a waste of a character to be brought brought out in such a way just to disappear with no explanation. I don't know. Yeah. Was... Yeah, it was kind of an easy way to explain yeah. immortality. Or <clears throat> lazy, I guess, really. Here, do it, and then <laughs> just write herself out of this rest of the story for no reason. And then this is where we start getting because uh, I think we start playing with time here a bit. This is where it gets a bit uh, confusing because they have Frida now under Karstein's enthrall and mm-hmm. I think he's openly carrying out these rituals in front of her and like we've got the like some mm-hmm. version of the Baphomet like just permanently set up in his courtyard like that's this one talking about the power because he can openly do this, and the Brotherhood if they're going after anybody, mm-hmm. should we get after him? But they don't, and he's he's just yeah, openly they bringing in occultists, <laughs> and I think they they wear their robes all the time because it's not mm-hmm. even hidden, and he's just fronting in their faces, and they're going picking in poor village girls for no reason, and 
he uh, Gustav's mm-hmm. been a terror to his nieces because he doesn't like them. And it's all this whole interplay of you know just the fact that bullying and who has power, who doesn't, and that's where mm-hmm. uh, I like Anton's character, mm-hmm. the the teacher, because he's kind of the straight guy in this. Yeah. You know what I mean, to me, he's kind of the hero. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he's the voice of reason. So we're seeing Frida's now. She's in the enthralled. They kind of skip past all that. How much time it took. And that, but she's been sneaking out every night, going to mm-hmm. the castle, which you'd honestly think, life being that cheap, Carstein should have just made her a concubine, and there'd be nothing Gustav could have done about it. <laughs> if he had to just, right. like, he's openly fronting, so I don't get the whole Freda. I understand what's going to happen because of the plot, but in mm-hmm. the, the circumstances mm-hmm. set up, Carstein should have just took her on, you know, right, she's come to live with me now, what are you going to do about it, you know, and then openly defile his niece in front mm-hmm. of him, you know, that would have been, like, that would have been a whole thing altogether, <laughs> and then just watching Gustav become more and more mm-hmm. bitter and twisted, as we see a bit of, you know, as this movie goes along, but yeah, um, it turns out, uh, I can't remember the other ones, uh, yeah, I, yeah, I'm drawing a blank too. Uh, it's Madeline uh, Collins' character. She's the one that plays her, but uh, she's getting whipped on a daily basis for sneaking out because she's taking her sister's place out of love and loyalty, even though her mm-hmm. sister's absolutely vile to her. You know what I mean? It's oh yeah, yeah, and her progression is a evil character just gets worse and worse every time we see the yeah, interaction between the two. Power play. You know, I mean, that's why that's why this whole movie is about power mm. because even when the, in a bedroom in a house, there's a power play between the two twins. You know, one submissive, mm. one's dominant, and it just uh, it just goes from there. Um, then eventually, uh, what happens? Oh god, what happens to make Anton call them all out? Because Anton gets. Uh, just uh, they they start discovering uh, bodies of people because uh, Count what's bucket when he kills people, they're on his grounds and his uh, detail takes care of them, but um, Frida's out there just killing motherfuckers because she's a vampire now and can, and they just keep discovering more and more bodies and finally he's like, look, this shit's coming from there. We all know it's coming yeah, from there. Let's do something. Yeah, I don't understand why Frida killed. Uh, Karstein's uh, busy manservant who was responsible mm-hmm. for getting the sacrifice he basically organises the sacrifices and the occultists mm-hmm. her killing him well and he's also the one that takes care of the bodies too like anytime someone's yeah. like, sacrificed like he's the one that takes care of it and makes sure so that it's hidden killing him. so for him to yeah that was a yeah, bad move that, on her that's part. what kicked it all off wasn't it she basically, um, I think what they're trying mm-hmm. to say is that she has been, once again, the power play, she has been given an ultimate power and she's no control over it. And we've seen from the start, she has no control mm-hmm. over her impulses. She's the impulsive one, compulsive. Yeah. She uh, has no regulation. So, yeah, that's what kicks it all off. Sorry, just trying to get the memory banks going there. Yeah, so it's Frida's killing spree that basically yeah. has Anton call out the Brotherhood. 
And that was that was actually my favorite scene. But he effectively walks out of the room chamber mm-hmm. and calls Gustav a card and the whole lot of them is like, You chicken yeah. shit, <laughs> you know where this guy is, but you want to go and hunt, uh, go mm-hmm. and burn maidens for no reason. Like you disgust me sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, You're not even killing vampires properly, you idiots. <laughs> That's why I study this stuff, you morons, you're not even doing it right. You burn them to come back. Oh, was that right? Yeah. <laughs> Wasn't that was good stuff? That, oh, was that right, dude? <laughs> you kind of thought it was like a, mm-hmm. a whole thing of, oh, I didn't realize that, but they're simple yeah. books. Like, they're, they're fucking guidelines. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, once again, the whole interplay uh, yeah. was brilliant. And then we'll get the, the burning torches and pitchforks. And once again, this castle is so empty. Like, he's a count. Yeah. He's effectively, from what we know, is second to the emperor. You know what I mean? Anything happens to him and the Emperor's mm-hmm. coming down with his Imperial Guard and he's going to wipe out the village. You know, that's that's how well thought of Karstein is. And yet there's only like mm-hmm. three people in the castle. That makes sense. I mean, if he's trying to conjure up Satan himself, you've got to get rid of the distractions. Yeah, just, honestly, I think it's more budgetary. They'd want to pay more actors, but still... <laughs> No, no, it had everything yeah. to do with the story. I'm not Wink. cynical at all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so then we get the sort of end of fight scene. They're trying to get Karstein, and it's... I'm glad Gustav gets killed. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. You know from the beginning he has because to. he has much to blame for what's going on as Karstein himself. And he carries out his own. Well, and especially because he tries, he almost kills Shit. the wrong the... twin because they do the yeah, whole swap thing and it ends up being the good one that gets locked up well, and is going to be then, murdered. Like, that, that's, that was the thing. Once again, Karstein himself, like, somebody how powerful should have henchmen to do his bidding, but now, that's okay, I'm going to go to the jail and you're going to swap your sister. Oh, the, the, yeah, mm-hmm. they actually go into Gustav's house, kidnap her, and then take her to the jail, swap her. And then uh, that's where Anton, yeah, that's where Anton decides to, like, enough's enough. You've got the wrong one, you're idiots. Yeah. And then the whole scene with the cross, you know, it's just cheesy, but <laughs> yeah. it kind of fits with the time. Yeah, hey, you know what? Fucking words. Sex in the movie there. Sorry, folks. <laughs> Just brain. <laughs> well, all in all, it was actually a pretty small scene. It, like, regardless of how much brevity there was in it, it was a pretty yeah, minute it was part quite of the movie. Central to the plot. You know I mean, blinking, you miss it, sort of thing. The way they did it. Mm-hmm. But they spent all this time burning mm-hmm. villagers. You know, it's. I know they're trying to set the scene of. Um, superstition and religious dogma and once again the whole power play so it kind of worked in that sense but yeah it was kind of like and you miss it that they went to that effort yeah because Karstein doesn't come across as somebody particularly loyal to those under his uh, yeah. wing so he'd happily have sacrificed uh, freedom for no reason you know just as an inconvenience Especially when it was obvious that he can't control her. 
because she's not playing the game. She's <laughs> going off doing her own thing. But yeah, then then they get the whole uh, storm the castle, the battle scene. Um, mm-hmm. How does Freda get killed? She got stake for the heart on the stake. Shit. Yeah, yeah. Pretty sure that's what it was. I. It's been a second since I've watched it. I didn't get a chance to actually rewatch it last right, night, yeah, so it's... I forget the ending. <laughs> um, yeah, Free gets killed first. Karstein grabs the sister. Gustav tries to rescue her, mm-hmm. and then uh, he gets killed. Which, like I said, I was happy that happened because uh, I like the way Peter Cushing, um, like, off the three, the, the th- top three in the, the Hammer sort of era, uh, Cushing, Price, and Lee—they're not afraid to degenerate themselves. They don't have to play the mm-hmm. hero. They can act, they're actually able to play complicated characters. That's why um, nobody will ever touch their class or their elk ever. Do you know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. they can actually bring a humble, a bit of hum- humility that the playing of the role is mm-hmm. more important than their ego, which effectively lost the series. You know what I mean? From the 80s, it's all been about the star, and it's actually the star's name on the movie as opposed to the title. It's like a Stephen King book. You know, mm-hmm. when you see Stephen King's name in the title bigger than the actual title of the book, you know, I mean, that's that's ego right there. And that's where I think things get, get a wee bit lost when too much of that, you know, uh, goes on. But yeah, uh, so Peter Cushing character, Gustav gets killed, and then Anton's the one that actually kills Karstein and then you have that little mm-hmm. like, random none of the other vampires like disintegrated but because it's him and it's not as if he's been a vampire for hundreds of years he's been a vampire for five minutes <laughs> but yet yeah. he has to disintegrate <laughs> and as if he lived for hundreds of years now if it had been County S. Karstel I could have understood it you know what I mean Herbie oh yeah yeah, because it's just assumed that she's been one yeah, for a long time. Yeah, she's brought back to life because uh, uh, the injection of blood again. <clears throat> um, yeah, mm-hmm. she just vanished. I don't know. It's, I think it would have been cool seeing if she had have appeared and like wiped out the Brotherhood or something and left it there stand standoff. But like I said, mm-hmm. I just think she was a, a character that wasn't utilized enough. But classic Hammer Horror, you know what I mean? Yeah. This, this was ahead of a second. And see the whole um, graveyard scene with the, the mist... And the backdrop, I love that imagery. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, it just—it's so beautiful. Like, it, it, like even though you know it's a complete set, like it's still—it's—I don't know how to explain yeah, it, but it just takes you somewhere else. And and it was so weird too because it was set in such a weird spot, but you just believe that. Oh, of course that's going to be there. Yeah, it was fun. Um, yeah, that's why I love these kind of movies because they do the. They put such an effort in the aesthetics that uh, it, it does oh, yeah. just suspend disbelief and uh, get into the zone. That's where um, mm-hmm. when they brought out Woman in Black, that was kind of the return of Hammer films. And I was so joyous mm-hmm. to see that movie and they still kept some of the truth from this era. You know, but underutilized because mm-hmm. Hammer's disappeared again, which is just a shame. Yeah, well, it was it was something for a different time, different aesthetic, and people just don't understand it. So, 
as much as I hate that it's not around, it, it I also yeah, understand why it's not around. Who knows? Maybe in twenty years' time they'll revive it because I honestly see a revival happen to happen in mm-hmm. film and entertainment because we've hit the bottom of that barrel now. You know, in terms of creativity, it can only go back up. Mm-hmm. Wait, I mean, one can hope. <laughs> one can hope. <laughs> right, and carrying on with the hammer theme. Obviously, we're back to. I bet you're really happy I got you to watch this TV show. This TV. Yeah, it's fun. I mean, it's they're not all winners, but even the bad <laughs> ones are still entertaining. So this time we decided to look uh, Hammer House of Horror, the like the one season TV show that kind of came into our lives and disappeared again. Um, we looked at Charlie Boy and the Silent Scream. Mm-hmm. It was yeah, yeah Charlie Boy I'm was okay. There's a, a whole a lot of major okay. difficulty with the sound editing. Yeah, no, the sound was definitely it's... bad. And a lot of shit just didn't make sense about it. Like the theft. Just so nonchalant, like people show up to the dude's house and just completely fucking gut it. And then he sees them and doesn't even think, oh, That's hey, suspicious. that mysterious van right in front of my place left the same time I got there. And now everything's gone. Yeah, there was a little bit of weird shenanigans going yeah, on. Yeah, it just reminds it was me of how right. bad TV is. As, like, <laughs> and the thing yeah. is, back in the 80s, there was only three channels. We didn't get channel... Sorry, there was only four channels. And we didn't get channel five to, like, the early 90s, so... Like, you had to be a higher standard to get on TV. It wasn't like now where anything... like. Us two dickheads can sit in the air talk and broadcast, you know what I mean? Anyone can be on fucking TV. <laughs> but back then, there was only like the three channels and making a TV show was a major undertaking. So, looking back at these and seeing how nonchalant they are about the plot, it's just a bit weird, you know. But yeah, Charlie mm-hmm. Boy, basically, um, we've got the main characters, Graham and Sarah, um, they inherit their father's estate after he has a random accident. They tried to attribute it to the fetish, but didn't quite land. It just seemed like it was a just a, an accident for no reason. Nobody wished it or anything. So what we have then mm-hmm. is all the stuff is being labeled up for auction. They've got pick of whatever they want. Obviously, the estate's already, the will's already been read. And Mm-hmm. Graham has this always had this plan to be um, in charge of a film production company he was going mm-hmm. to go on with his brother his brother then reneges on him on the spot which sets up this whole uh, sequence of events um, why would you give up your job when you haven't got the business set up yet that that yeah, yeah, yeah. So he gives up his job because of the inheritance, which he knows isn't enough, you know, to actually form mm. the company by itself. He hasn't got nothing's been signed, so mm. even if they started this right away, still having a job while the all the contracts and stuff were signed up, he would still need another method of income coming in. So the way they wrote this was very yeah. easy. It just 
Mm-hmm. It's almost like, right, how do we get from A to B as quickly as possible without any thought? You know, just... Mm-hmm. I mean, it worked. It definitely uh, yeah, I think, <laughs> moved I think the plot. To get to the point where, and this is where the whole story actually kicks off because the rest is just filler and doesn't make any sense. But because his brother knocks him back, he gets drunk. Mm-hmm. Uh, his girlfriend, Sarah, decides that she likes the African uh, fetish doll, the... Uh, basically from uh, an African form of voodoo and she decides to call it Charlie Boy so that's where the title of the show mm-hmm. uh, comes in so random like mm-hmm. it's the ugliest piece of art I, I'm not a fan of African art like a lot of it is brutally ugly uh, they, they do lots of wood carvings and I just, I just can't get with it at all mm-hmm. you know, I, I like love Egyptian art love Asian art love uh, mm-hmm. uh, like the old Aztec stuff you know what I mean? All that has class, but African art, I don't know. I just find those wood carvings to be hideous. And that's and it was a thing in the 80s that everyone Fair. had one in their front room for some reason. In the UK. Mm-hmm. Honestly, you just saw them everywhere. They were just, and they're horrendous. <laughs> but anyway, she she likes this thing, decides to take it, and it's, of course it's evil. And then mm-hmm. he gets drunk, stabs at the doll, and then stabs a photograph, and that just kicks off the spell. Oh, I thought it was he, he stabbed the picture, and then he stabbed the doll. And that's yeah. how it... Yeah. I don't know. There was there was stabbing of that's stuff what you do. involved. Yeah. Apparently, that's that all was it. He's just And the precision slices, you know, when you when they do the camera cuts, like, you slash it wildly, but they make precision slices on the doll. And stuff. It's just weird. Yeah, it's like, this is supposed to be a giant chunk of ebony, but yet he's yeah. going through it like it's Play-Doh with a fucking box cutter or a, yeah. a, a letter opener. It's like, man, yeah, that's some weak-ass like really wood. Over the top, but <laughs> like I said, it was like the racing to get there with the story. It's like, okay, we don't like plot. We just want on to the deaths now. <laughs> so mm. that's that's what kicks all the events. So sure, one by one, they all start getting knocked off. And it was by the time that just before Gwendolyn was about to die, the housekeeper is when the twig on what's actually going on. Mm-hmm. So he's running around. He's got the, mm-hmm. the old, uh, the valier who was there at the start is obviously the guru who knows everything because he's an antique stealer. And yeah, it just the wig and tail scene that, that really lost it for me. Where his partner gets killed in the photo, the film shoot, and you see the crossbow and the mm-hmm. music and the crossbow, and you're like, "Would you just fucking just shoot so him just already? Fucking you've, do it. you've laid it up about five times. Like, if you'd actually <laughs> took yeah. thirty seconds of that scene and put it into some of the plot device, then we might have got somewhere." Mm-hmm. It's like you're not building suspense. All you're doing is. Yeah, drawing it out, making it boring. Sure, right. So eventually, and then they put the weekend as if the weekend was going to get shot, but she knew wasn't going to happen. So it's it's the 80s, it's mm-hmm. terrestrial TV. As much as things could be a bit risque, still you're not you're not shooting kids with crossbow bolts. So that was never going to happen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but yeah, sure. One by one, everyone in the photograph, all five of them, start getting popped off. And this is about where he goes back to get the doll because he's told of burning it and then the house mm-hmm. has been burgled for no reason just like if the 
if they'd all had a yeah. it more difficult, like brought a tree crashing down or made it difficult from the ground of the house, I would have understood. But yeah, just a couple mm. of men in the van just cleaned out the house. And then it turns out his friend's the one that might have told him. Like it was just a weird random Yeah. It's like, oh, he's he's in the mafia. Yeah. And he stole and he your shit. Him. Cool. Yeah, give me his address. I'll just go and beat him <laughs> up because yeah, that's how it works. That, that was a waste. Yeah. That was actually if I'd taken that scene out and put a bit more into the suspense of the uh, supernatural aspect, this would have worked a lot better. But that was just like a side mm-hmm. quest for no reason <laughs> in a forty-minute TV series. Mm-hmm. Uh, just doesn't make sense. But eventually, we get there. His girlfriend gets killed. As he's driving past her in the car crash, just it was just like by the numbers, just knock all the plates down. Wasn't really like mm-hmm. there's nothing to think about in this episode. Yeah, it's just get to the yeah. end, and then he tries to burn the fetish. The fetish stabs him with itself. That was yeah. That was actually was just, that was pretty funny. Okay then, and then we didn't get to see whether it got burnt or not because the it just cuts off. Well, he ends up dropping the fetish and then falls into the fire himself. So he burns up, but the fetish right, just uh, watches while the, he burns. Where I was watching, it just kind of cut off that point. Um, so mm. it was very strange. Yeah, so I missed that. Yeah, that is weird. He gets stabbed and then he's like wrestling with it, which it's not even moving. It, you mm-hmm. know, if I had a came alive, I would understand. But <laughs> yeah, it's inanimate, so there's no reason for this to be happening. It's just pure overacting mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah uh, absolutely funny but yeah uh, better than last month anyway uh, wasn't great but mm-hmm. definitely uh, it was watchable it was, fun. it was watchable it's a sign of its times you know what I mean it hasn't aged well but it's good to look back and see where the tra- what the good and the bad points instead of through rose tinted glasses but at least we get mm-hmm. to finish off on a high note. <laughs> yeah. Peter, Another Peter Cushing classic. Peter Cushing just waltzes <laughs> into a TV show and like sleepwalks the whole way through it and still outacts everybody. That, that's the synopsis for this. Yeah. Pretty much. <laughs> yeah. You could, for instance, I thought it was pretty have, good. You could have um, these guys just sitting in the chair with the half done reading a book. And you'd watch it, you know what I mean? That's how amazing these guys are, you know. Mm-hmm. R.I.P. them, like they're uh, they're definitely uh, like icons on themselves and brought something to the world, which you don't see too much now. But mm-hmm. yeah, it starts off, and here's where it's funny because it's set in like a small village. So once again, small rural England, probably less than mm-hmm. two hundred people in the entire village. How the fuck do you build a Nazi lab under a pet shop? Like, a fully functioning... <sighs> Peter fucking Cushing, apparently. <laughs> he has a fully functioning lab with its own, like, super... Not even just a bit of a power supply. I mean, super duper, like, kill you if you touch it, generator, power supply, under a row of shops, mm-hmm. and nobody notices yeah. <laughs> so, 
Well, especially like with how the the back opens up, like it opens yeah, up to a fucking shit. park. Like, how would you not notice this giant metal sheet? Yeah, but that was like whatever proper sci-fi shit. Suspension. I also get the feeling that it comes oh, Peter Cushing's but <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't mind doing one of these TV shows. And the production companies went, oh, this is what's happened. Okay, they've. He mentioned an interest, so they took the entire budget they were going to spend in each episode and they put it into this one. That's what's happened. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They've just went, fuck, Peter Cushing wants Probably. to be in this. Right, you're not having that money for these last 10 episodes. We're keeping it for this. <laughs> so, we you say, the next the next <laughs> few episodes are going to be in front of uh, Pantomime, you know, state scenery. Because <laughs> they've spent the entire budget in this one episode. Because... Holy shit, that's really like knocks notches it up in terms of TV special effects and everything else. But so he's just down in his dungeon lab zoo, you know, all things at once <laughs> with freaking panthers and leopards and fucking everything <laughs> in the middle of a yeah. village. Like, and no, you can't pass that off as a freaking pet shop, Rawr, you know, they. Like, Hey, you know what? There was totally well, no, because they, they they explain that that it's uh, the entire area is soundproof, but like all the animals are so scared in submission that they kind of keep their mouths shut, yeah, except for of course the panther. But there's there's totally there's there's animals there. You got that one little boxer puppy and a a bird, yeah, maybe they're... some fish. So it's all <laughs> legit pet shop. Rawr <laughs> in the background, like yeah, okay. Uh, just hilarious but yeah just when I when I saw this and just saw Peter Cushing I'm like yeah this is going to be bonkers you just know it's going to be uh, mm-hmm. absolutely fun so premise of the story is we have Chuck he just got out of prison and he goes back and for sake I'll tell you what they're doing alright for themselves because they're living in a nice house like that's a nice like four mm-hmm. slash five bedroom English countryside house for someone that uh, you know, because he hasn't been able to pay bills. You know what I mean? They say crime doesn't pay, but I don't know. He's, they're doing all right. Looks like a pay. Yeah. <laughs> Even though yeah, he's, he's a petty thief, right it's still paying. Because uh, she's still been able to keep that house. And the only thing she's had to do was cut off your telephone. Um, but anyway, mm-hmm. he comes back. It turns out that uh, Blake, uh, Martin Blake, that's... Uh, uh, Peter Cushing's character has been visiting him in prison all this time as like a support worker, and he also gave him like mm-hmm. an absolute ton of money to start up again. And that was it. This guy Chuck, he's out. He wants to change his ways, change over a new life. Blah blah blah. He goes to meet uh, mm-hmm. Blake at the pet shop to say thank you, <clears throat> which. That doesn't even ring any, uh, raise any flags. Like the pet trade is not that good. That you're handing over wads of cash like that just randomly. Yeah. So, <laughs> no alarm bells whatsoever. <clears throat> no, like, no, of course not. Could you mind the shop for a week? <laughs> yeah, no problem. Oh, not this, but <laughs> and then shows in the like the lab with, which that was illegal. You know what I mean? That that was trafficking, like exotic animals so that on its own mm-hmm. um 
was should have sent him running a mile, especially him being an ex con doesn't want to get back in the bother again. You know, that, that should have sent him running, but obviously, you know, mm-hmm. what needs it to happen? <laughs> yeah. So, of course, he starts, you know, feeding the animals. He explains about the whole that the electrified fence is on. If he switches it off, still the animals won't come out until he rings a bell. So, it's all uh, Pablo's dogs type of stuff. They're all conditioned. Mm-hmm. That death scene actually at the start. Sorry, I should go back to that there. The way they kill the animals in this scene is just absolutely brutal. When you see the way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so just quick as well. And rapid. So we get the ex- explanation when the, mm-hmm. the leopard tries to leave its cage without the bell ringing. And it just fries instantly on the spot. And it was done yeah. so swiftly that it was like, whoa, what's going on here? Because everything else has been so slow paced. So mm-hmm. that's why I think they've just channeled all our efforts into this one episode. To give it his all, but yeah, he starts uh, yeah. back to Chuck. He he's basically given the job of just feeding the animals, and of course they're just safe land out there, or up there. And as you do, if he stole, like he he can't help himself. He wants to go and steal from it, and it's like the guy knows you. It's a small village. You're just out of prison, so obviously mm-hmm. the police will go looking for you. You'll be the first. You've got a History of theft. Like, what do you think is going to happen? Yeah. <laughs> well, his wife even called him on that shit. Yeah. Because uh, he was talking to her about it the night before he went in and did that shit. And it just kind of sets up how dumb of yeah, a fucking like, character uh, he is. The master aren't in jail. <laughs> the master are the ones who aren't in jail. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But yeah, obviously, not very bright, but... This is where it just ramps up and becomes um, like whole whole episodes torturous. So it turns out it's a trap. He tries to crack the safe. Mm-hmm. He opens the safe and it opens up a trap door and his own cell. Which you're like, oh shit, yeah. that's going to be... <laughs> yeah. Like you knew something like that was going to happen that he was part of the experiment. And then it turns mm-hmm. out that Blue X has been watching him the whole time. I think that's the only thing we were missing were cameras because obviously CCTV wasn't a big thing back in the day. It was still relatively new technology, but that's mm-hmm. all I needed were little cameras to be looking around. So they didn't quite explain how mm-hmm. he was able to see him, but it was part of the mysticism as well, I suppose. But Blake appears, yeah. uh, told him that he knew he wouldn't be able to help himself. This is part of his, you know, experiment. Are you going to let me go? No, when you learn to behave... So <laughs> he knows automatically he's a uh, part of it. Mm-hmm. And what is it? The wife. The wife comes to find out where he's been. Yeah, well, she. I mean, she goes after. Goes the first. She goes to the police to talk about it, and they're like, "Ah, fuck yeah. it, whatever." <laughs> if he shows up, yeah, let's know. If not, fuck him. And then she goes to the pet store. Mm-hmm. He uh, gives her a uh, bull story, but she sees the coat hanging up. That was a giveaway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so uh, Chuck's mm-hmm. uh, jacket is basically hanging up behind the door, and she notices it, so that's what makes her come back later. But it turns out he knew this too. Yeah. So he had this all anticipated. 
So he knew what the wife would do. He knew mm-hmm. what they would do. So um, she ends up getting trapped with him. Can't remember why he threw the dog in with him. Well, so the dog yeah. went in before the wife because the dog um, makes noises anytime anything out of the ordinary happens. Like that was the whole point of throwing him down there. That way, you know, if the dog starts barking, obviously, then Cushing's character is going to know something's going on yeah, and he needs right. to go she in immediately. Back. She came the first time, didn't she? And mm-hmm. Yeah, and the yeah, dog and the and bird were going off. Acting suspiciously. So, yeah, he dumps the dog in and then she comes mm-hmm. back with the uh, climb rope and stuff to rescue him. Yep. And then mm-hmm. that's where he just hoofs her in as well. Yeah. This is where it gets funny because I think they don't quite explain how time operates. Because it looked as if it was only maybe for a day or two. But the have Chuck completely mm-hmm. losing his mind. Well, and I, I don't know, like, I, I think that one can be kind of easily explained just given the fact that he just got out of prison and he's already locked back up into a different kind of prison. Like, I could imagine that would yeah, fuck someone's head up a little bit. but also, it's his kind of lifestyle, so it sounds like he's been out of, in and out of prison all his life. So, true, some people true. are institutionalized like that. Like, it wouldn't be... For him to be acting the way he is, and as if they're starving... You know, the thing over the food as well, you mm-hmm. know... It was just a bit weird. It was. I honestly think they're trying to mm-hmm. compensate because Peter Cushing's in this episode. I think the other ep- the actors are like, <laughs> yeah. oh shit, I'm in here with a legend. I'm gonna because. Ha- yeah, they're, they're trying they're to play trying to the back like, as well. And overdoing it. <laughs> Look at me, I can act too. Mm-hmm. But yeah, he he's completely losing his mind, and she's like, "What? It's only the bell has rung yet. Nothing's happening." And then he's acting like an animal already, which is just weird. Mm-hmm. And then this is when Cushing starts uh, messing with him. He opens up the, the like the escape hatch. And like I said, out on mm-hmm. the park, so nobody walking past notices or anything. It's very very strange. Yeah, yeah, just or was a little bit. Garden? Did he own that land? I don't know. I don't think it ever really explains any of that. Yeah, it just sounds a bit weird, but then obviously this is where we get the, the flipping puppy getting fried, because mm-hmm. he, of course, being a dick, sends the, mm-hmm. throws a spoon for the puppy to go and catch to see if it would survive. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, yeah, it just comes back. The thing switches back off again, comes back, and just... That was actually a horrible death scene, even though it was, like, you knew it was a puppet. But that know, was. Yeah, that was still pretty sad. And then the way the the way that once again the actors switch from her being completely traumatized to like they start to make love, or she's saying only pretend, but it's like the flipping body of the puppy, the thing's still open, mm-hmm. the body of the puppy's still laying there, and then they're they go straight <laughs> yeah. into like making out with each other. Right. Yeah, I mean I understand it was a ploy to you know make him think something else is going on than it is, but yeah, it was a little weird. Yeah, it was, uh, like I said, it was just, it was a bit disjointed with the acting with us, and I, I don't know whether they're trying too hard, mm-hmm. because it basically, essentially got a superstar, because Peter Cushing was a superstar at that point, you know what I mean? He's been going since the 30s, so 
that's mm-hmm. that's like having an A-list Hollywood actor arriving your TV show. So I can imagine that they're just trying so hard, but they're overreaching. So mm-hmm. they finally twig on uh, that there's like a sequence of clicks before the the power goes back on. And mm-hmm. they never twigged on the fact that he didn't close the door, you know, the hatch again. That they were being played. Yeah, in between the scene, we see Peter yeah. going, lifting the keys out of a coat and driving off somewhere. If you remember that bit. Yeah, so they yeah. kind of set up the, the end no, scene, which took me a minute to understand what he was doing. But yeah, you see him going into the actual coat, uh, Chuck's coat, lifting out the keys and then vanishing. And then they twig on, like the thing's still open, they twig on that uh, the electric turns off at two clicks or something and then they both escape. Which mm-hmm. was, what are they? They escape. How did this play out? Peter ah, shit, I don't remember. Uh, she is, just her. She escapes. She escapes. I, I, if I remember correctly, she escapes, gets her husband out, and then they throw Cushing in there, and but then they run home. This is where it gets a bit blurry. This is where the whole thing Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, the panther gets out. So they both get out, and then as uh, Dude Face is going back in to, you know, fuck up Cushing, he walks in, sees the panther got out, and is getting ready to fuck up Cushing, and then... Is like okay, yeah, never mind. Fuck it. this. <laughs> and then the Panthers like gets him in the cage, and then and they, they get out. The cage up this yeah. time, so there's no sound. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that was the yeah. whole point that yeah, that that's where it's yeah, it got a bit blurry at that point. I was trying to figure that bit out. They kind of rushed it. Um, mm-hmm. It's like almost a, they put so much into the suspense, and then it's like oh, quick, we have gotta get to the end. We're out of time. <clears throat> they kind of blur a few things together. Yeah, it did kind of build up. Yeah, and then that's you know the big reveal. They get home and then realize that he had set it all up at their house, so they're essentially yeah, prisoners in their house. It's weird, well, because how how do you do that with an electric supply? Because especially with the old type doors and windows, all you need <laughs> is something non-conducting to like smash a window in. And then obviously mm-hmm. the whole point is they're in a the big isolated cottage right by the motorway, so. They can call for help. They can see people, but they're never going to be uh, heard. And because Cushing's locked in his own cell, <laughs> he's going to die to death too. Yeah, you know I mean, it was all all kind of left like that. Ah, uh, didn't one of the police officers get killed too? I messed up, but yeah, a police officer. I came don't remember that part. And something attacked him. Yeah, there was a yeah, one of the police I, officers I guess I missed that part. To try and find out what was going on and got killed. Yeah, it was a bit of a mess, you know. Definitely the best episode of the series so far. But still, the writing is so disjointed. It's hard to keep track. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't know if you agree with that or not. No, I, I agree. No, it's, good. Like, 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 it's a shame because if, I think if they had kept things simple... I think the problem is this is where they've tried to overcomplicate plots and rush through bits and it's mm. kind of been prevailing through this whole series is that the idea is there and the idea was to make like many versions of the Haber Horror movies 
which have stood the test of time, let's be honest. Mm. No, I mean, they're just as enjoyable now yeah. in making fun of them than when they first came out. Yeah. But all in all, uh, I did enjoy this one, though. It was definitely, it definitely ramped it up. And you could just tell Peter Cushing was just mm-hmm. sleepwalking the way through this. Like, he, he, this was just a cheesy uh, one. He, he was just like, he's just money in his life. <laughs> and everyone else is just trying to like step up and act up to his standard. <laughs> just it was just funny to watch. Mm-hmm. But honestly, guys, um, yeah, yeah, check these out if you get a chance. Like they're they're just worth it for nostalgia alone, just to see how movies were made and TV shows and bumps and warts and all. Mm-hmm. So decent yeah, selection this month, anyway. At least I, I thought we were going to struggle. Turned yeah, no, so it turned out pretty well. Happy out there. So, I suppose the last thing to do is just thank our uh, contributors for Horrific Tales. Um, our authors this month were Peter and Sarah, Damon Sai, Justin, Justine Johnson Hemstead, and Nicole came back with a, another little fun segment. Uh, thank you very much for that. Uh, of course, guys, you want to get involved, um, check out the website, uh, go to our Facebook page, all, all that good stuff. We're all over the place. Um, send in your stories get involved with the show love to hear from you uh, we've got a Teespring store now so if you want to give us a wee bit of support buy some merch get the get the brand out there let people know what's, what's happening that'll be much appreciated and mm-hmm. I suppose just need to say um, keep it creepy keep it horrific keep it horrific <laughs>